Every night you can hear it. A new ritual for the residents of New York City and in cities around the world. Clapping and cheering from their windows for those who continue to work to keep our societies moving. It's a daily reminder of our human need to stay connected, at least mentally, if not physically. On today's show, we talk with James Sale from United for Global Mental Health on a new report they've launched that reminds us that behind the statistics of mental health, there are individuals, each one connected to our neighbors, our communities, and our businesses in ways that are difficult to sum up with mere numbers. We'll have that story and more coming up. From the Lancet Psychiatry in New York, I'm Dustin Graham. Stay with us. Today, the organization United for Global Mental Health launches its latest report called The Return on the Individual. Joining us today to talk about it is James Sale, Policy, Advocacy, and Financing Manager at United for Global Mental Health. Thanks for joining us today, James. Hi, thanks very much for having me. It's it's brilliant. Can you tell us a bit about this new report and what makes it unique to other campaigns advocating for mental health? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the best way to answer that is just to give a bit of background to how we got here and why we wrote this report. So last year, uh, we had the first meeting of the Speak Your Mind mental health campaign, uh, where civil society from 15 countries came together to discuss uh, primarily how can we persuade governments to enact modern and progressive mental health legislation and to support that with, with proper funding. Um, and what we were told by those, those campaigns work at a national level and some in like really inc- incredibly difficult environments was that what they needed was a wider business case that would be persuasive both economically, but would also ensure that people with mental health conditions, like the, the individuals, as you were, are at the heart of it. Um, and so what we've done here is we've tried to pull together that persuasive argument into one place that, of course, uses and addresses the traditional financial returns on investment in mental health work and business case, but also focuses on the individuals uh, and making sure that those are front and centre and don't get masked or, or hidden behind macro statistics. And in, in that, we're addressing what are the returns that can't be quantified in dollars and cents. Obviously, right now, COVID-19 is still very much on everyone's mind. How does this report and its recommendations fit with COVID-19, which is already having impact on mental health and mental health policy? Yeah, I I mean, we started on this report, obviously, before the the COVID outbreak. I think looking at it, we we were sort of making that editorial decision. Okay, do we need to go back and do we need to look at this again? I think we have addressed COVID in the report in, in some ways. But really what we found was that the arguments we were making were in a way underlined and made stronger by this horrendous uh, health uh, pandemic. And so in a a sort of, uh, in a way, it's like an unfortunate additional catalyst for our calls to policymakers. Because now more than ever, we need to be prioritising and investing in mental health. What we do know is that there will be a huge surge in mental health needs. And we can see that from other um, uh, public health uh, outbreaks that that we have seen and we now have been able to analyse. And we also know that there's going to be a huge economic shock that happens because of the the COVID outbreak. And we also know that that economic shocks and mental health are are implicitly linked. Now, when we get that moment to uh, build back better, 
um, as countries, nations, and, and as groupings, we need to make make sure that mental health is fully integrated into our response and into building the resilience of health systems and societies and countries, uh, looking into the medium term. And in the long term, I think what, what we've shown is that those countries or those health systems where we have universal health coverage and mental health is, is fully uh, integrated into that are faring better and therefore we need to be pursuing that universal mental health coverage in the future not only is it uh, important for the whole raft of reasons we were discussing before covid but we can see now that we need to have that those uh, integrated mental health systems in place to deal with with future shocks that uh, that will come along who do you want to reach with the return on the individual report and what do you want them to take away from it so i mean we've always had we've always been very uh, focused on the fact that this is to make the case to policymakers to invest more in mental health currently the the average global figure of of health budget spent on mental health is is only 2% and this is just nowhere near what the what is needed and and, and is no way comparable to, to to the disease burden so the report has always been aimed at those policymakers what we're trying to do here is we're trying to engage policymakers that might not be um, mental health allies or champions so far. Um, we're trying to engage a wider audience and we do talk a lot within the report about what leading businesses are doing when it comes to uh, mental health and can the workplace be the sort of a, a new frontier for for mental health service delivery or well-being service delivery. So we're looking for new audiences and, and uh, new leaders um, to understand that that there is a very strong case for investing in mental health. And also, we just want to tell a story about why investing in mental health isn't just about the dollars and cents, that it is about the individuals and the impact and the hugely positive impact that investing in somebody, an individual, can have. But really, I think what's key here is that we see change at a national level. So we're launching this as a, as a global launch, and um, a lot of the partners we work on are sort of work and operate at a global level but where we need to see change is at the national level and so we want finance ministers to see this as well as health ministers uh, we want heads of state to see this uh, and we want uh, campaigners to be able to use this uh, when they are advocating and campaigning uh, to their governments that's james sale from united for global mental health james thanks again for taking time to talk with us thanks very much um th that was great you can find the full return on the individual report at www.gospeakyourmind.org. And in other news, data on mental health during the COVID-19 pandemic, especially high-quality longitudinal data, are critical for improving our understanding and treatments for mental disorders during public health crises. To ensure multiple groups' efforts are working together, University College London has launched the COVID Mind Network, which is being led by several faculty members, including Dr. Daisy Fancourt, Associate Professor of Epidemiology. And lastly, the Lancet Psychiatry has teamed up with United for Global Mental Health and other partners, including the WHO, to put together a running series of live webinars related to mental health and COVID-19. The webinars are live each Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Find out more at unitedgmh.org. That's it for this episode. Tune in again to hear the latest news and views on mental health from around the world. From the entire editorial team at the Lancet Psychiatry, 
Thanks for listening and stay safe.